We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 54 is going to be from Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41. Disagreements within the church must be handled appropriately with a Christ-like attitude. Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 41. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us now go back and visit our brethren in the city where we have preached the word of the Lord, and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John, called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia, and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Silica, strengthening the churches. Here in Acts chapter 16, verses 36 through 41, we have a disagreement between brothers. The disagreement was whether or not to take the one called John Mark with them on the next missionary journey that they were going on. And Paul had decided for some reason that he did not want to take John Mark with them. In verse 38, it says, But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Now, some people believe that John Mark had got sick. Some believe that he got scared of persecution. Whatever the reason is for not wanting to go with them to the work, he did depart and not go with them. And so Barnabas was willing to overlook this. And he wanted to take John Mark with them. But Paul insisted that this was not going to happen. And the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Now, if this had not been handled appropriately, this could have caused great problems within their relationship with one another. Also, if you notice here, you have Mark and Silas in on this as well. It could have caused uh, problems between Mark and Silas and Paul and Silas and Barnabas and Silas, all the people that are here and what uh, <clears throat> problems that could have came about from it. But notice in verse 41, and when and he went through Syria and Silica, strengthening the church. Paul departed and went about doing the work of the Lord, and Barnabas left, even though he took Mark and went to Cyprus and continued doing the work. This was handled in an appropriate way, even though the contention became sharp and they parted directions. In Proverbs chapter 6 and verses 16 through 19, the Bible says, These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, a proud look a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift to running to evil, a false witness who speaks lie, and one who sows discord amongst the brethren. And so somebody that causes problems between brothers is one that God just absolutely cannot stand. In verse 16, it says, six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. So the six previous things God hates. 
But the seventh one, one who causes discord amongst the brethren, is one that is absolutely an abomination to God. And so we see here that in the discussion in Acts chapter 16, verses 36 through 41, that this disagreement had to be handled appropriately with a Christ-like attitude. And later, we're going to find Barnabas and Paul and Mark and everyone working together for the good of the Lord's church as well. And so they did not stay upset at one another. The uh, anger receded and they were able to come back together and work together once again in a different time. And so we find this problem in the church today. It is deeply enrooted in the church today where arguments become so tense that people leave and they go separate directions and those arguments continue for years and years and years and continue to cause discord amongst the brethren and no resolution ever takes place within the church and it just continues to grow and to grow and grow. And as it grows between brothers, it continues to pull people in. And more discord and more discord takes place with more and more and more people. We need to be a people that are willing to forgive one another. We, are, we need to be a people that know how to have disagreements with one another without having arguments where the, it devolves into nothing more than just grudges with one another. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, there's something that is implied here. If two people have to come and reason together, then they do not agree on the topic in which they are reasoning together on. Now, it says here, come now and let us reason together. Reason is using the scripture to determine who's right. <coughs> in some cases, you're going to have disagreements on doctrine. And when we do have disagreements on doctrine, we need to remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 9, in vain they do worship me, teaching for the doctrine and the commandments of men. We also need to remember what Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And so when we have disagreements on doctrine, we need to come together and we need to reason together with the scriptures, which are profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped to all good works, Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 to 17. And we need to sit down and we need to take a thorough look at the scriptures and figure out what the proper thing to do is. Sometimes it's going to be that one side is right and the other side is wrong. Now, not, it's not really that way. The Bible is always right. And the one that is arguing for the Bible, it's not really their doctrine that they're arguing. It's the word of God. But in some instances, you're going to have both are wrong. And we need to sit down and reason with the scriptures and come to the truth. In John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify them by thy truth, thy word is truth. And so where both are wrong, both need to understand and change and come in line with what the scriptures have to say. Now, in other instances, we're going to have matters of opinion. And we need to be a people that are not holding to matters of opinion as if they are doctrine, such as the color of the floor or the walls or things like that. Now, when it comes to matters of instrumental music, the scripture has a clear teaching on this. This is a doctrinal issue and one that needs to be held to within the scriptures. But in matters of what kind of chairs we sit in, whether we have a building or a kitchen or things of such things like this, where it is matters of opinion and not doctrinal issues, we need to stay within the word of God as well. 
and only teach those things that are appropriate, holding for doctrine what the Word of God has said is doctrine, but holding as opinion those things that we are able to hold as opinion and not get so upset with the color of the carpet, for say, that we go somewhere else to worship somewhere else. Disagreements within the church must be handled appropriately with a Christ-like attitude. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7, it says, He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. When Jesus was arrested falsely for crimes he did not commit, for sins that he did not partake in, then he had a right to stand up and say, no, I did not do this. But he, when he was in trial, he opened not his mouth. He also did not <clears throat> call 10,000 angels, which he had a right to do. As the song said, it says, and as the word of God says, could I not pray to my father and he'd send 10 legions of angels? He had a right to call to his father and for him to be freed from the trouble that he was in. But he did not do that. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was a lamb, He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. When we are wronged, we don't have to necessarily jump to our own defense. God is going to take care of us as he took care of his son and seated him at his right hand after his death. And he had given him all authority in heaven and in earth. And when he died upon the cross, he highly exalted him to sit at his right hand. He says that he will do the same for us when he says, blessed are those who die in the Lord for their works follow after them. You see, He's going to take care of us. We don't have to be our own defendant. We don't have to defend ourselves all the time for everything that we do in every little action. It's okay sometimes to suffer wrongly. If we suffer for the name of Christ and we are persecuted for his name, he is going to take care of us. Disagreements within the church must be handled appropriately with a Christ-like attitude. If we can help someone else by suffering wrong, Sometimes it's not the wrong thing to do. Sometimes we need to suffer in order so that we might be able to help others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we have a similar thing. Turn with me, your Bibles, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 1 and following. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and following. Dare any of you, having a matter against another, go to law before the unrighteous? and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world will be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matter? Do you not know that the, we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? If, you then, if then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are at least esteemed by the church to judge? I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one who will be able to judge between his brethren? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. Now therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? You see, sometimes, even when somebody is doing something that is against us, and 
we are offended by it or we are hurt by it, sometimes it's okay to allow ourselves to be wrong so that we can take the time necessary to work it out with our brothers. In verse 7 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Now therefore it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourself be cheated? Sometimes in order to help people that need to stay in the Lord's body, we should suffer wrong. We should be willing to help people, even if it's going to hurt us. This is what Jesus did for us in coming to this world to live, to suffer, to bleed, and to die for us. Is He, he accepted wrong that we did to him, and he died for us so that we could have the hope of everlasting life. John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In the book of Romans, it says, And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We need to take that into consideration when we are when people are hurting us in this world today, that they're not expecting us to die for them. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What could be a worse persecution than being killed? <clears throat> Jesus came to his own, and his own would not receive him. But he didn't leave. He didn't run away. He didn't go somewhere else. He continued to teach people that were wronging him almost on a daily basis. They were trying to trick him. They were trying to test him. They were trying to trip him up in every shape, form, or fashion. And sometimes he gave them some stern warnings. But he continued to teach them. He continued to love them. He continued to be there and try to help them go to heaven. Now, there's nobody that's trying to put us on a cross. But sometimes people say things that are hurtful, mean, and sometimes they do things that are just downright wrong. But we need to be a people that can turn the other cheek sometimes, a people that can accept wrong, accept being cheated with the idea of helping the overall church and helping the one that is wronging us to repent and come to God. <coughs> Disagreements with the church must be handled appropriately with a Christ-like attitude. In the case of Paul and Barnabas, they disagreed over John Mark. They disagreed as to whether or not John Mark was ready to do the work. Turn with your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 9 through 16. And notice what takes place here. Be diligent to come to me quickly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Cretans for Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for the ministry. Later in Mark's life, we find that Paul said, bring him to me, for he's useful for the, for the ministry. And so in one way or another, and how long it took, I don't know. But Mark and Paul made up as brothers, and they came back into fellowship with one another. Matter of fact, Paul was calling for John Mark. We need to take this into consideration when we have disagreements with our brothers. Disagreements within the church must be handled appropriately with a Christ-like attitude. So as we go about our lives today, let us take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual 
appetite. Thank you. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.